Welcome in listeners to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings. Uh, we have a very special guest joining us today. Um, you may have seen him on stage at the New Amsterdam Theater in many roles, including the genie. Uh, soon you will be able to see him over at Little Shop of Whores, or I guess not see him, uh, performing as Audrey too. Joining us is Major Attaway. Major, good morning. Thank you so much. This is such an honor. Good day. Good day. Hello, beautiful people. Hello, lovely listeners. How's everybody doing? Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You are joining us today as we talk about this incredible benefit. Uh, I put a spell on you, Alive at Sony Hall, a spectacular annual event benefiting Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS, uh, which is coming up on Sunday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. What a fantastic, I mean, I can't, I mean, when when we share this episode, we'll be sharing, obviously, because, of course, poster art and um, the link and everything, but what an incredible looking show um, (laughs) with the... um, with the Hocus Pocus sisters, whose name just completely left my mind. Um, oh, yeah. Well, well, Winifred Sanderson is the important one, right? Yeah, exactly. I was like, the, the Selma sisters? No, Sanderson sisters. Anderson. Well, and, and then looking at this this top-notch cast, including yourself, that are pitching in, I this is exciting. But can you tell us a little bit more about this show? I'm sure. Well, well I can tell you what, why I'm in the show. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, uh, I... Before anything, I just love the concept. I I love a the idea of diving into characters that you know we grew up loving, um, as well as creating a variety show around those characters, and then adding in the rest of the characters that we loved at the same time. I, I just um, I would love it in any form, even if I wasn't a part of it. Uh, it just so happens that the person who created it is a friend, you know. Um, as in a friend from practically the same um, zip code <laughs> in, in <laughs> Worth, Texas. Uh, we grew up doing, Jay and I grew up doing theater down the street from each other. And so um, any chance for us to work together was going to be a yes in my book. And, you know, he's he's a great storyteller and he goes full out um, when he <laughs> dresses. Well, and the truth is now, I'm not even sure if you would call it drag or if it's cosplay, you know, because it's yeah. I feel like it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's drag play. Um, but he's given you he's given you a full beat and 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 extra body parts. So it's it's pretty beautiful. Um yeah, I I think it's so cool that he took his favorite Halloween film and said, let me turn it into a full-blown concert, but then add in my other favorites as well. Because when I first joined the show, um, it was all at his request, and he asked me to come and be Hexus. So the, the very first time that I was in it at 54 Below, um, I sang Tim Curry's song from Fern Gully. And um, moving forward, you know, because I was in Aladdin, I was like, well, maybe I should do a Disney song, you know. <laughs> and so how about, would you mind if I was a boogie? And um, he said, oh, of course. So now I'm living my my best scary bug life. That's good. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Okay, full disclosure, and I have to sit in my shame chair. I did not see The Nightmare Before Christmas all the way through until two years ago when we oh. were in quarantine. 
It's no problem. You know, when it comes to cult movies, I think everyone should get a pass because if it still holds up whenever it is you watch it for the first time, then that's the answer. It's no wrong time. It's good. The 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 Oogie Boogie Man just scared the hell out of me. When when it first came out, I was like, this is a little Mm, this is a little much for me, you know. When when the show's got Santa and these some of these happy songs, this is a bit much, you know. And then I watched it, I was like, this is so good. I see why people love this, you know. Yeah. Well, this is exciting. So, so you mentioned that you knew Jay Jay Armstrong, who is is the host and and the I, I guess the the leader of this show um, from from your childhood back in Texas um, is. He invited you, you said, to come do the show? Yeah, yeah. He asked, well, he asked me, you know, if I would like to be a part of it and and picked a song for me. And, you know, that was good enough for me. I was like, yes, I would love to come in and work with you and perform. Because, um, yeah, I think this may be, even though we've been in a lot of the same spaces, it may be the first time we've actually performed together. <clears throat> Possibly once at Bass Hall or Casa Mignana, but who knows? How how long is this particular production? This I put a spell on you've been done. Is this the second, third? Ooh, no, I think we're five years at least. Five years? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's grown quite a bit because I'm I'm pretty sure the very first performance was at 54 below. And I think I showed up, I joined in the second year. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what was it like, you know, since you've kind of been there from sort of the beginning to now, what's it been like developing and growing this show? Oh, gosh, it's it's been now, mind you, I've kind of been on the outside, you know, looking in because it's his his baby. Right. But it's been such a wonderful experience to 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 watch. Like it feel it feels like it's been a slow burn that has to happen. It feels like when he started, he had this perfect gigantic vision of of what this thing could be and you know it takes time to gather all of those materials and find all of those team members um to be able to build that up so i've loved that every almost every year you know uh, we have packed whatever house we've been in to the point where we've been forced to move to a larger venue yeah and that's that's been the most exciting thing because jay's focus on this idea has never faltered it's never shifted at all it's just about how many more people are finally on board and how many more people realize that it's something that doesn't exist for us theater folk you know <laughs> like and it's an annual thing that um, we can mix so much energy the, the way actors um, go wild when it comes to Halloween anyway. Uh, one, actually, you know, it's funny. I feel like there's two schools of that, right? It's either, well, I dress up all the time, so mm-hmm. day off, <laughs> or we're going ham. Yes. So um, I think it, it just serves, it serves so many purposes past him being passionate about it. And that is why, I keep answering the call. It's why I keep coming back. It's for this reason. It's the fact that we have, we can talk about it now and say we are raising money for the best cause possible. You know, that was always the idea. Always, always a, a, just a, a safe space <laughs> for us to dress up in these Halloween costumes and give you a show. You know, he was surprised that I wanted to take a, like I the first year I took a day off from work, from the Broadway show. I asked all, you know, I used a day 
to come do this concert. And, and um, I still remember, you know, the love in his, his face. He was like, are you seriously taking a day off? I said, man, look, I said, Broadway's going to be there. I believe in you and I believe in this. And I'm not going to miss out <laughs> on, on the excitement. So let me in. Yes, I'm here. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful party that is, it's uh twofold for me because it's a party with the Broadway kids. And it's also a party with the theater. Hey, kitty cat a party with the theater <laughs> kids from from my area, from Texas, it's like you know, there's a strong group of us. There's some in the water down there that we we <laughs> learn how to do theater in Texas, and we come up here and we make big waves. And so I'm just happy to be in the group, to be honest. Oh my gosh, I love that. Gotta get some of that. It's the tea. It's the Texas tea that's down there. It is. It is. Uh, I can vouch for that. Everything's bigger in Texas, even the talent. Hey. Hey, <laughs> someone put that on a poster. <laughs> um, what is the message or thought that you're hoping that audiences will leave with from the evening? I that's great. You know, it's funny because it's it's just it's always been about the amount of fun we could have. But I would say I would say that I, I would hope that they would leave some some whimsical perspective. Um, I think that taking these the the coolest thing about this is adding value to something that has added value to his life so much and so i i hope that people take that with them that their story is worth being told and you know i know we're talking about halloween and whatnot but i mean it's it was his when he watched this, he was like, this needs to be a full-blown musical. And the man made it a full-blown musical. So that's what I'm referring to. Like, do it. <laughs> yes. I love that. Um, I love that idea because I think so many of us have seen shows that were like, oh my gosh, let's make a great musical or a great show or what have you. The fact that Jay and then all of you who support him have really just been like absolutely let's go for this let's try for it what's the worst thing that could happen you know yeah. it doesn't become a musical it's already not a musical so hey you know it's that's it. so fast what a positive message on message on message so that's wonderful um wrapping up the first part of this interview i would like to ask um who do you hope have access to the show that is probably more important than the content itself, you know, or as important, the, the reach. Um, I, th I think there, I think, well, okay. So I'm, I spend a lot of time in the, the video game space and anime space and things like that. And there's a freedom that comes with, with these characters and, you know, and there's also, there's an interesting culture of, of around, scary things and whatnot but i would say the people i want to see this reach to are are the future are the future the future us's to be honest the you know the the, the future dressers singers dancers actors all of those because the community in in this show is is where its strength lies you know um sometimes we have to have, you know, different people come in and do different things. And almost everyone from the beginning has been willing to 
just dedicate their time um, to to make the cause happen. So I I would say, yeah, because you know what it's we're doing we're all giving you Broadway energy, but the stakes still feel the same as they did in community theater because our heart came first when it came to choosing to be a part of this. That's what it is. And so I, I think I just, it, I'm hear myself trying to be specific because I don't think I need to be. I think it needs to be a, maybe a broader spectrum of, of who it reaches because that's what it's about. I, you know, you get, you get to a chance to work on Broadway and then you start hearing people who do community theater speak differently about the community theater they're doing. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm giving you this, be giving you the same energy <laughs> wherever I would be on the map. So I want to, I guess, show the value that this Broadway, these Broadway folk can come together and still give you that community theater energy and make a show happen because that's, you know, that's, that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that, that was me trying to come up with a smart answer and then realizing just correct yourself. No, it needs to be, everybody needs to see it. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So I want to shift the conversation now um, onto you a little bit, let our listeners get to know you. I want to start first by asking. Um, what shows in the past have inspired you or do you love? And I'll also open that up to uh, composers and playwrights as well. Mm, okay. 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 Um, let's see. It's funny. I, I had a conversation that was, I think, akin to this question just, just a couple of days ago where I was discussing how I used to be worried when I was younger Um about my knowledge of musical theater as in and god oh my gosh jay johnson is the perfect person for this example because he is part of the reason i had this anxiety and he doesn't know this so secrets <laughs> he <laughs> uh, we were yes we were in the same show together i remember now bass hall um oklahoma I'm doing the the show Oklahoma in Texas, exciting, right? And so <laughs> <laughs> we're backstage, and he was in like he was cast with the adults, but I was like a part of the, I was one of the rank not wranglers, but I was like a counselor for the the camp that the kids at the end of the camp get to be in the show with the adults, and so I was the the in between, right? But downstairs they're playing this game about an alphabet game about musical theater. And I try to join in this game where we have to go through the alphabet and just name a musical for every letter in the alphabet. Easy, right? <laughs> not for me. Not for me. I was like, time. I mean, now it's easy, but now, yeah, now, now I probably can do it just fine. Um, but back then Jay could do it just fine back then, you know? So I like, I, there was this idea that, Oh, how much of a musical theater fan do I need to be? to be successful in musical theater that that genuinely made me nervous it's like if i don't know 
you know, who won the Tony every single year in every category, does that mean I'm I'm not capable of winning one? You know, which that's a strange thing to think, but that's how I felt. So a lot of the shows that have meant the most to me are the shows that I've been in. You know, there are other shows, of course, that that have brought some things out of me. Some of those would be like, uh, welcome to the night, the sweet smell of success. Um, I'm a, I'm a jazzy, I'm a jazzy person. I like, I tend to like the jazzier musicals. That's why Aladdin was great for me because they did overlaid all of it in, in jazz. Let's see. But other shows, Ragtime. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Rent. Uh, well, Little Shop of Horrors, which I'm doing now. And uh, Sweeney Todd. Yes. yes. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, oh, um, oh, The Life. That was big on my list as well. I just up. saw that in um, the spring up at New York City Center. Yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah. I'd never heard of this show. Oh. I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, okay, I kind of see how maybe this hasn't been done lately. But then also I was like, man, I am digging on this music. Like, yeah. holy yeah, cow. Did. The bass in that show, I was like, I could listen to you read the phone book in that bass all day. Like, it was so good. The You have to, you have to, that original cast album, Lilius White. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that that was that was high on repeat. Um, going up, yeah. Though I would say those are some. So um, favorite, like everything was either Lynn and Flaherty or um, Alan Menken, I guess. Like those, like they 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 probably wrote most of the stuff that I was singing. I did Susical a few times. Susical's big for me. I would love for them to to um, revive that on Broadway because I think. I think I could do a nice Horton moment. I've got three shows on my list of like revivals that I'm like, when will this come like soon? And it's The Wiz, Tommy, and Susical. Three shows that you really haven't seen in 20 plus years on Broadway. And, and those would all be great, especially Tommy. Ooh. Yeah. I'm I'm ready for a Tommy. Well, I'm sorry, I've never seen a production of The Wiz. I'd love to see The Wiz. I ooh, can I tell you about the I was in the production of The Wiz and it was absolutely life-changing for me. Um, we were in Dallas, Texas at the Dallas Theater Center, and this theater is entirely um customizable. So they can make the inside, you know, you can have a thrust stage, you can have a, whatever version of theater you need in there. So um Kevin Moriarty, who was the artistic director at the time, I think he probably still is, um, had this idea to take a real journey throughout the whiz so he owned there was no true ensemble the ensemble was made up of the dallas black dance theater so straight dancers and then all of these ensemble singing was covered by four offstage singers which Ooh. i was one of those four right and the reason that was is so the set could be manipulated during the show so it all started with a like a rake. And then during the show, every time we went to a different place, um, the crew in black would come out and literally, and not lit literally, I sorry, I'll use that word, physically move the pods to shape the room 
so she could meet the next character in the show. So we did the show 90 minutes, no intermission, because if we had intermission and you left, you'd come back and wouldn't be able to find your seat because we had moved it across the room. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it was it was the craziest thing. So, you know, during ease on down the road, everything, everyone is shifting. They're dancing in the pods. Um, We're up and in through the audience and things like that. It was just the most amazing thing that I've um, ever experienced when it comes to when it comes to the whiz when it comes to um staging because uh yeah it was such a a beautiful moment so yeah but you got to see it one day well on that note i know that you've been super busy obviously performing but have you had a chance to see any shows that you might recommend to our listeners Mm, actually i haven't seen too much lately what is the last show i saw oh the last show i saw was potus I did see that. That was so good. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, and why? Wow, I guess I can't recommend that one because that one's close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great show. It was. I found that super hilarious, and then ultimately right. timely. And there are there are shows that are high on my list because I'm I'm going to su- support some people, but the, you know, there it's the hype is already there for Strange Loop and. Yep. For MJ, oh. um, honestly, oh, there's the the reason I'm waiting. So we're I'm taking my mother. It's gonna be Mother's Birthday week, so we're it's already set, you know. Um, and actually, her birthday is tomorrow, but she we're not celebrating it tomorrow. <laughs> happy birthday, so, Mama Attaway! Right, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, there is a show that I want to tell people they have to go see. This 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 is not a recommendation. This is a demand. I'm gonna look at the camera and get I'm, real I'm, serious. I'm ready. I'm I'm gonna okay. write this down. Okay. <clears throat> Ain't no mo. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Already got my tickets. What I will say, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. I'm. I'm I don't. I'm gonna brag. Jordan Cooper, Jordan E. Cooper, who wrote "Ain't No Mo." And is also going to be starring in Ain't No Mo. Is a friend from Fort Worth, Texas, as well. He and I did theater together at Jubilee Theater, the only the only black theater in that area. Um, he even wrote a one man show for me back when he was fifteen years old. <laughs> wow! And right now, you know, he's breaking records on television because he's the youngest show writer um, with the Miss Pat show, right? And they've already filmed a season two and three and they just released season two. And the reason I'm excited, I'm not even going to tell you about the show because if this isn't enough for you to go, you know, then what's wrong with you? Um, I'm excited because the literal truth, I used it again, is that this young man could be the first one to win a t- two Tonys in the same night for the show he's in. He could win for acting as well as being the writer of the show. Mm-hmm. Just, just brilliant. And I believe and he's I the youngest saw... playwright to be yes. on Broadway. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, when I went to see the show, the the echelon, the, the people who were there, I'm I'm... I'm sitting in front of Andre Leontali. Wow. 
I'm sitting down the row from um, Amanda Seyfried. Wow. Uh, Tony Morrison. There's just so many people. I mean, but you know, he he's he's already he's already doing such amazing things. And the reason it's crazy for me is because I was around this young man when we're you know we're younger. I'm at his house rehearsing this show and on breaks what are we doing we're watching i love lucy bro yes because he's <laughs> obsessed with with lucille ball and with the the way she did business i was like your brain i just love i just love where his mind lives when it comes to television and and storytelling and all of this he's just going to do such huge things and it's just a wild it's wild to me that i got to work with him at such an early early stage so you know i have um, asked the universe to make that come back when when it's time but yeah gosh it's just i'm so i'm so excited to celebrate him and that is the show that you all have to see playing there at the go. belasco theater preview start in november opening in december yep it's there there's not a ton of information out about the broadway production you can find a lot about it from its public run um, but it popped up on my radars like a Broadway show. I was like, great, done. I don't even it's know. It's gonna, yeah. And then it's I told my friends, you. and yeah, that's exactly what they said. They said, don't miss it. It's an incredible show. And I said, great. I'm so glad I already bought my ticket then. <laughs> and and the last part of that is that Crystal Lucas Perry is about to be unleashed on the world. I mean, she's already right now, she is the lead in 1776. Oh, she's, I can't wait to see that tonight. Oh and she, she is going to be, be like, she's going to make waves next year as well because she's going to be starring in two of the biggest shows of the year oh. because she's leaving. She's walking out of 1776 to go into rehearsals for Ain't No Mo. And she's the reason to see Ain't No Mo. She is the reason. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I can't like I just felt myself like back in that space and remembering what she did to me. <laughs> like, uh. I thought I couldn't get like more hyped for the second half of the fall season. And I mean, you just took me to another level because seeing 1776's performance on GMA, I was like, yes, I am so freaking pumped for the show. Like the, I, Crystal's performance is John Adams. I was like, this is incredible. Like her voice is incredible. And then just yes. that energy. And I'm like, this is on my laptop I'm watching. So I was like, I can't wait to see this. I even turned to my wife and I said, you might have to take a night off so that you can see the show or maybe yes. when music man closes, we'll just get you a ticket. We'll, you know, now you telling me that she's going to this other show. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I, where I, do we I'm, go I'm, from here? Like this, this just keeps getting better. What, what so else? Cool. I, Cause I have, I have friends in both shows that are both from Texas. Liz Michael is in um, 1776 and Ebony Marshall Oliver is in, um, Ain't no mo. She made her Broadway debut in Chicken and Biscuits. That, that was a fun that, show. That Broadway play recently, right? She was the she was the comedic relief in that show, and uh, Miss Liz Michael actually made her Broadway debut in Lisa Strata, please, Lisa Strata Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Also a fun show. Right. So yeah, <sighs> the stuff yeah, that, gonna... that you performers are putting, like helping to create, are just. That, that that is, I think, the one, if there was a plus from the pandemic, 
the level and quality of work that has come out of it is insane. Yes. Insane. Just, oh. Um, kind of going off of that, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? The safety, I would say. Hmm. Because um, the theater just feels feels like a place for me to to navigate all this up here, to act, to physically explore it, you know? And by that, I mean, like, let's see, the example I'm, I'll give is we live in New York City. You know, I, I can't do anything full out in this apartment unless I want the neighbors to know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, um, like the, the the theater itself, working in the theater feels like a a manifestation of a consistent safety of exploration of who I am. Mm. Yeah, I can't be any less powerful in a theater. Like that's what I mean. Like if if you if you tell me I am something in the theater, then that's what I am. Like you're not like. <laughs> you know like, like my my imagination works perfectly in a theater it it, it does <laughs> yeah. i love that i and i love that you brought that topic onto the show about safety about a, a safe place to create because i feel like that isn't talked about enough there's a reason why this special art form exists or those moments exist. It's because of the safety, because the performer feels so safe to be vulnerable, to express that way, to kind of go that extra mile. And to coin a phrase that a professor in college used to call it, it's not kitchen table. You're not sitting around having a casual conversation. No, it's not. It's elevated for you to have that human experience and, you know, yeah. Which is why everyone jokes about, well, musicals aren't real because people don't just break out in a song like randomly on the street. Well, that's true, but that's why it makes it a musical. And that's why you have the experience that you do. Exactly. You have to find a way to to reach out, to get to you and just sitting there going, oh, I'm so sad. Isn't going to do it. But if I sing a beautiful ballad that moves you, oh, you got it. Right. It's a, it's that sacred space for, for that to happen. You know, and really that perspective was offered to me from other people. It wasn't even something I recognized, I recognized on my own. It's like talking to like, you know, my cousin who is the, the same age, who is not theatrical, you know, um, or just, yeah, well, he's the perfect example because the way we like, we were talking about taking over responsibility in the family and things like that. Like all of a sudden, you know, we've hit this age where everybody needs our help, whether they're older than us or younger than us, they all need us to be on top of something for them. Um, and I realized, you know, when hearing him describe never being able to find a place to sit in and just move through the possibilities you know, like instead of having to function in this finite situation where I have to go handle this thing, the theater was a place where, okay, if I step in here, I can think about what happens if this thing doesn't work out, not what I absolutely have to do, you know? So it's, I didn't realize how comfortable I am in myself based on the concept of theater, you know, like, it lingers so i'm a more comfortable elsewhere in play in spa like spaces like this in spaces where i reckon when i as i start to recognize 
the similarities in these different spaces, which is, you know, like in my mind is why they call it the EGOT because it's, those things are all on the same level. You know, they all go together. It, that's what is, it's, that's what I've come to the realization of. It's like, oh, okay. It's now this mental thing that I can take with me to be, to be safe. But that's what the theater created for me because, you know, that was 20 plus years of my mother. Like, you know, I don't know if you go to any of your other classes because every time I call you, you're in the theater. Like, <laughs> you want me to survive? <laughs> you want me to make it out of here in four years and let me go back down there? Well, I, I'm excited to ask this question. Uh, I'm sure my listeners that hear me say this all the time. This is my favorite question, but I'm, I'm excited, especially with you, because I've already gotten so many from you. But what is your favorite theater memory? Honestly, I have an abundance of those. <laughs> Is some I would I would say I like I wouldn't say I have more than anybody I know, but I just know that I have a lot of them. But let's see, if we're talking, should I, I mean should I go big or small, or should uh, I just give you both? You you can go both, yeah. I give you both, um, because to me they're of equal value. How about that? I love that. The small one is, and I mean I don't even know if this is small really. The small one is when I was playing Frosty the Snowman uh, in Fort Worth, Texas at Casa Mignana. Um, there's a young man who, you know, he's an adult now, choreographing and being brilliant. But he was very young when we were doing this, this show. And he was, you know, learning from me and looking up to me. And backstage, you know, I would talk to him about about how he felt. I was, I would ask him how he was feeling, you know, because that instead of talking about acting, I would ask how, you know, his brain was doing or whatever, or what he was focused on. Cause see, then that would tell me how much of the moment he was going to be able to sit in, in this time. And so we would just go back and forth about, you know, whatever he's a, he's a kid. Like how much could we really talk about? But he understood what I got from him is that he understood the commitment to the moment, right? He understood he was not his character. I clearly knew that he understood that. So this is one of the most beautiful moments is during house, I'm Frosty the Snowman and I commit to the bit. So I made this plan. I said, if my hat ever falls off during the bows, I'm not gonna move, I'm done. I'm gonna stand still until Steven, the little eight-year-old figures out that he has to put this hat back on my head or I can't leave the stage. And it happened one time. <laughs> it happened, we're playing around, we do the thing, it fell off and I froze immediately. He he ran halfway off stage, saw that I was there and lived in that moment. Look, he caught up, you can choke up just thinking about it. Um, he did it, he came back and he put my hat on. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was like it was just me and him right then and I was um I was just really grateful and so that was that was big for me uh just to be to say I'm gonna commit to this moment and it and it inspired him enough to commit with me it was it was really good good for me oh cool uh, and then I got one more because this is this one feels like the one most people would want to hear about and that's the Aladdin one of course you know uh, <laughs> 
never in my life had I taken six months of my life to prepare for 20 minutes on stage, man. <laughs> like that's real. that was the realization. So I finished friend like me <clears throat> for the first time on March 20th, 2016, because I'm not going to forget the day. And um, the applause was like rain. Um, I, I know that water is a thing that calms me down, right? As a person, just in general, being around it or whatnot. And so I just, in that moment, it was this realization of I, I've never done this before. I've never spent so much time trying to perfect this one moment. Yes, I'll get to do this moment again, but I'll never have this, you know, to say my first show ever on a Broadway stage was as the genie in Aladdin. And I was like, am I the only person who can say that? Because even the man with the Tony Award can't say that. His first show was was Putnam County Spelling Bee. His first, his first experience giving what he spent 90% of his life doing was, it was that. And it was like, the, that affirmation was so powerful. Um, I was like, man, I could be done today. I was like, if y'all don't never let me do this again, I still win. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the freaking truth. That's really how I felt. Um, but yeah, it was it was that that sound of rain, um, like this gentle washing. Like, oh, you did it. Every every single minute of these those twenty eight years up until that moment was for this. You didn't know. <laughs> but now you can exhale and just do your job. Now, now you don't have to, now it's not, it's not risky to call yourself an actor, bro. Your face is on that bus outside. You already. Right. <laughs> so oh. yeah, those are my moments. <laughs> are there any other productions or projects that you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the 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 other parts of uh, other parts of my life. So before Broadway, you know, before you get the call, before I got the call to Broadway, um, I was starting my voiceover career. So you know, I'm big into anime and video games, like this right here, and on my hat, this is my Twitch channel. It's called I Played Major, past tense. I played major. It is where I. I am a major player and also happen to be a player named major I'm looking to be a major part of your day in a major way and i play video games that i voice characters in and video games that i want to voice characters in as well uh and that i mean that that's the the most fun that i'm having outside of the theater world right now and that that's what i would say if you if you are a, um, a video game fan or uh, i'm also starting an asmr section on my channel so i'm i'm going to be online reading the public domain so that you can have a nice relaxing bubble bath that type of thing <laughs> <laughs> so i'm starting that as well <laughs> that's amazing and that was i played major as in like the letter i then played major mm -hmm. played okay. ed if our listeners want to get more information about uh, I Put a Spell on You or about you uh, and they maybe want to reach out to you, how can they do that? I would say, they, well, I am a Major Attaway on Twitter. I'm Major Attaway on um, TikTok. 
on what else? What else exists? Um, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, those four. Those are the ones. Um, yes. Um, we have information on all of those. We've put up uh for for the show as well. Um, and really, we have our own page. I would say let's go straight to I put a spell on you on Instagram. It is there. And you can also find our links through the, um, you know, BC Broadway Cares Equity Fight Satan's website as well. Amazing. And a truly a very important cause to be supporting now more than ever. Yes. Now more than ever. My guest today has been Major Attaway, um, formerly of Aladdin <laughs> and soon to be of Little Shop at Horrors at the Westside Theater. Um, but soon to be in I Put a Spell on You, alive at Sony Hall, a spectacular annual event benefiting Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS. Uh, that's Sunday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. at Sony Hall in New York. Tickets start at $35 uh, for the dance floor and are on sale now at broadwaycares.org slash spell. You can also find more information on Instagram at I put a spell on you and make sure to follow major on all social media at major Attaway and follow his Twitch. I played major uh, for his amazing uh, voiceover for these anime and video game characters and the upcoming ASMR. Get your yes. bubble bath on <laughs> major. Thank you so much. This has been, I mean, just a dream come true this is incredible i can't believe i've gotten to spend so much time with you so thank you so much i'm happy to be of service man appreciate you so until next time i'm andrew cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phone unwrap your candies and keep your mask on and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper thank you If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by KG House and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>